Okay, we'll be in uh, Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12. Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 12. And I'm going to read verse 12 all the way through verse 19. And I'm really hoping we get there tonight, so we're probably going to have to move kind of quickly. But it, it is kind of repetitive, so we don't have to, you know, have to dive into every detail here. So... Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. When you're there, say amen. 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 Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them who had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him who was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. For not as it was by one who sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So the heading for verses 12 through 14 is death through Adam. And you have that on your uh, notes. Uh, so don't worry about writing it down. But death through Adam is what we're going to see in verses 12 through 14. Uh, Dad, go ahead and let's just jump right in. Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world. The man being referred to here is Adam. When it says uh, as by one man, that one man that is being referred to is Adam. Paul introduces the subject of the sin nature. So now we have the introduction of the sin nature into the picture here. He's not going to necessarily get in depth on it here, but it's introduced. Sin, the sin nature is introduced. Adam is looked upon as the federal head of the race and that when he sinned, all of humanity sinned in him. So Adam is the federal head of the human race. Humans, we have the ability to procreate. When my dad married my mom, I was in my dad because he has the ability, them two together can procreate. Thankful that we, this is an older group and I don't have to pick and choose my words. Like in, in youth. <laughs> Procreation. We have the ability to procreate. 
That is what makes us different from the angels. The angels cannot procreate. Only human beings can procreate. God can just create. <laughs> the angels can't procreate and the angels cannot create. But human beings, we can procreate. So, in a sense, in the way that God views it is that when he created Adam, all of the human race was created. Right there in Adam. I was in Adam. When Adam was created, God saw that I was in him because he is the head of the human race. So we all are descendants of Adam. We come from Adam. So in a sense, we are we were in Adam when he was created. Is that does everybody understand that? Yeah. Alright, cool, sweet. We don't have to stay on that. <laughs> so when he sinned, that resulted whatever Adam became, we all became. Yes. 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 Sweet. That awesome. This is we're just right on through. This is good. <laughs> okay, let's look at the word world. Uh, world in the Greek is cosmos. Look at that, I'm getting brave. Uh, plus that was easy. <laughs> cosmos. The human, and it just simply means the human race. It is the same word used in John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. That same word is used right there. Uh, so it's the same word used in John 3.16 of the world of sinners. So the human race. That word world here just means the human race. Sin, <clears throat> sin originated with the angel Lucifer. Who in rebelling against God contracted a sin nature. Adam in his disobedience was the channel through which sin entered the human race. Through sin, death entered the race physically and spiritually. Before, before Adam disobeyed, death did, was not in the human race. It did not. It was not a part of it. Adam and Eve were created to live forever. Death was not a part of God's creation. But when this, when sin came, the result was death. It opened the door. For death. And since that, since what Adam did, Adam and Eve did in the garden, sin and death have entered into the human race. Both physically and spiritually. And that's where the sin nature entered also. The sin nature entered also, exactly. When death entered the race, it went throughout the race, affecting everyone. Because remember, Adam is the federal head. So whatever Adam Contracts, basically, we, we all we all have. <laughs> we are all sinners, not necessarily because we have committed acts of sin, but because Adam sinned. And that's actually Weiss. Get Weiss, actually. That's from his uh, word study or commentaries. We're all sinners, not necessarily because we have committed acts of sin, but because Adam sinned. You commit acts of sin because you are a sinner. Right. That because you are. 
A nature, if we talk about the sin nature, a nature is not a spirit of a ghost or anything like that. It's simply what we are at our core. So, uh, an example, somebody, somebody can have people say it, they have a kind-hearted nature. That at their core, they just seem to be kind-hearted. Some people, at their core, their nature seems to be really bubbly. They just have like a really bubbly personality. They're just like, some people are not like that. <laughs> and that just, it's just, it's just what they, it's just what they're made of. It's just what they are. Um, every single human being that has ever been born at the very core has a sin nature. At the very core of every human being, there is a sinful nature. That's why you see in scripture that it says, no man is good. And actually when Jesus, somebody came and asked Jesus, uh, they called him the good ones, the good teacher, good master, something like that. And he said, well, no, none is good except God. Because no man, even though Jesus didn't have a sin nature, because he wasn't born of a man. He was born of a virgin. The sin nature is passed through Adam. If, he, if, if Adam would not have followed suit in what Eve did in the garden, there would be no sin nature. Because it comes from Adam, not Eve. The seed, exactly, the seed. Woman doesn't have a seed. A woman has an egg. Man has the seed. But yet his statement was, from the woman's seed. And that's why, that's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Jesus did not just simply have to be born of a virgin simply to fulfill prophecy. There was a reason. Because if he would have been born of a man and a woman, then he cannot save us. He cannot be the redeemer because he has a sin nature. And he would therefore not be sinless or the perfect sacrifice. He would be a tainted lamb. He'd be no different than us. I can't die and save any of you. And likewise, you cannot save me. So he had, right, exactly. We, he would have a spot and a blemish, just like each one of us. So he had to be born of a virgin. Not because if you're a virgin, you're holy. That's right. That's true. Throw that out. Eve sinned when she was still a virgin. She didn't know Adam at the point that she ate of the fruit. It, there's in, in scriptural the, the scriptural evidence is that they did not it says know each other but you get the point they did not they would they never had uh, they never consummated any relation I'm, I'm sorry but you, when you teach youth you you know you gotta you know. that didn't happen just because you're a virgin does not mean that oh that's it you're perfect. She was still born 
with the sin nature. Mary still had a sin nature. If he would have been just like us, like I said, we're, we had no hope. We'd be all lost. So, Mary, though a virgin, she could be the womb of the Messiah, and he wouldn't have a sin nature because it comes from the male. So he was born of the Spirit, which just simply meant he didn't have a sin nature. He was not born with the sin nature like us. It didn't mean that he was totally free from temptation. That is not what that means. But at his very core, he did not have a bent towards sin. We have a bent towards sin in our core. That's why you take a two-year-old and another two-year-old and you stick them in a playpen and you give them one rubber ducky. They're about to have a battle royale. Because at their core, they're naturally bent towards selfishness, which is sin. Jesus did not have that. Are we... I'm just trying to make sure we kind of understand the sin nature here. Does everybody kind of... So even though Mary had a sin nature. Mary had a sin nature. Yes, mm -hmm. she would have had it. Because she she's had. from Adam. Yeah. But... Because many think that she was pure and holy. She was... No. You know saying? But scripture says in Adam. Mm -hmm. And Mary would have had to have been That's in right. Adam. That's so therefore, if scripture is correct, which it is... Mary, because she was in Adam, means that she had a sin nature and was immediately, she's already counted as unworthy. She's, she's already a sinner in Adam. Well, Jesus' brother had a sin nature. Right, all of Jesus' siblings would have had a sin nature because... They were of Joseph and Mary. But Jesus was just Mary, and it was born of the Holy Spirit. So that's why he didn't have a sin nature. That's why he could be a spotless lamb. That's why we can't be a spotless lamb. Because we're, all, we're, we're literally born with a blemish. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Okay. okay, Adam fell from total God consciousness down to total self-consciousness. We are born with the same thing. Uh, the sin nature is a corrupting force. From the moment that we are born, the sin nature is dumping into us. Sin and corruption. Right away. The newborn child that you see that looks so beautiful and innocent, what we don't see physically is that the sin nature is right there in that little child, and it's already started. Just born yesterday, and that little sucker got sin nature. He's born. He's a. He's born with already a blemish, already a spot. That's what makes Jesus so different, so other. 
Okay, uh, does everybody understand Adam fell from total God consciousness down to total self-consciousness? Remember in the garden, before they ate of the fruit, they walked and talked with God. They, they, were, they would have waited for his presence every day. They would have walked with them. But then the moment, and it, there's all scriptural evidence is that they were already naked. That they did not, they were already naked, but they didn't have self-consciousness. They had God consciousness. But then when they ate of the fruit, what did it say? Their eyes were open. And now what could they see? I'm naked. <laughs> because it came all about self. And then that, then they hid from God. Hid from the presence of God. So you can see right away, bang. God consciousness, sin enters self-consciousness. We're all born just like that, self-consciousness. It's all about me, 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 and not you. And even after you get saved, and guess what you see still there? Me, me, me. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. So we'll just kind of try to leave that one. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, the next part. And death by sin? Speaks first of all of spiritual death and by consequence physical death. So spiritual death happened immediately after sin entered into the world. Because what, what was the, the very first thing when they, could, you could, they couldn't be in the presence of God. They had to be expelled from the garden. That's right there. Spiritual death. Boom. Sin is the reason and cause of all the suffering, sorrow, heartache, war, sickness, and man's inhumanity to man, which characterizes the world and has done so since the fall. All the problems that we see, all the different things that we see, different political parties, and different races all fighting for is and, and nobody wants to nobody wants to admit this racism is bad we all agree racism is bad the difference that we separate is that what causes it is what causes it is sin entering into the world and that's why we have racism so that is the cause and if that's the cause, then the only way that you can get rid of racism is to get rid of sin. But the world has a totally different way because they don't know the real problem. So that's why nothing ever works. Because you, if you don't know the real problem, then you can't fix it. I'm thankful that Jesus has already fixed it. And that one day we'll see the manifestation of that. Amen. Yes. And in the body of Christ, we do already see the manifestation of it. You can have white, black, Asian, I don't care, purple, I don't care what color you are. We can all sit next to each other, love each other with our whole hearts. Because the only color that matters is red. That's the answer. That is the answer for racism. That's the answer for all sin. Uh, next part, man. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. 
we see original sin and the nature of sin here. Inasmuch as the wages of sin is death, the dread malady of spiritual and physical death passes to every baby that is born, which we talked about that. The well is poisoned and it can only, excuse me, it can only produce death. If a water well, if someone poisons a water well, the only thing that you will get out of that well is death. Poison water. That's exactly what the human race is like. A water well that has been poisoned with sin. So every time, doesn't matter how many times you go back and dip, the only thing that you will get is poison and death. That's the human race. Not very, didn't give you much confidence about the human race, but that's what scripture bears out. <laughs> The nature of sin, which stems from the depraved nature, guarantees that man will sin. So that's the nature that we receive from Adam. That newborn baby that was born yesterday has a sin nature. Now, has that child actually committed an act of sin yet? No, but what it guarantees is that he will. Because he has a natural bent to do the wrong thing. Man is therefore shot down in two ways. He is a sinner by birth and a sinner by choice. So we're born a sinner and then throughout our life we will choose to sin. So we're a sinner by birth and by choice. Christ was not a sinner by birth nor was he a sinner by choice. Verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. Paul now proceeds to explain what he has said about all having sinned. He is speaking here of the law of Moses. This law properly exposed sin and defined it, which law is supposed to do. So really Paul's just simply showing that the sin nature is legit, it is real, and this is a good example. From the time of Adam until Moses was a period of about 2,400 years. During this time, there was no law given by God regarding sin. Due to the lack of law, sin was not exposed and defined. So people were committing murder, they were lying, all these things, but there was no law against it. It's hard for us to fathom because... There's no law that says you shouldn't murder because we're born with that law. But they didn't have that law. Um, so Cain and Abel. Yeah, Cain and Abel, there wasn't, there was no one had said, there was no law. Yeah. Thou shalt not, it's, like I said, it's hard for us to comprehend because we're born under that law. Yeah. If there was a law that was passed in 10 years, a law gets passed that says that if you drive a truck, that then that's against the law. You break the law, you're going to go to jail. I would doubt it's just a manly law, but uh, a, a human-made law. But if, if the law was from God, thou shalt not drive a truck. Then, right now, we don't, that's not a law, so it's like, Whatever. But if it was a law 
then for all those who were previously driving a truck, now you would feel convicted when you drive that truck. Because it's now a law. But right now, the law doesn't exist. So you drive your truck, and you don't think anything's wrong. I, 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 I'm just trying to get you, I know it's hard to, to, to kind of see it. But because it's not a law right now, we don't think anything's wrong with it. But if that were to happen, all of a sudden, you would think, oh, okay, well, I've got to sell the truck and drive the truck. Take that thought. I know it's hard. I'm trying to just give you examples here and just pray that the Lord, by His Spirit, can really show this when it comes to the law. At this time, from the time between Adam and Moses, there was no law given by God. So whatever they did, there was no law that says, that is wrong. So due to the lack of law, sin was not exposed for being sin. It wasn't defined or exposed as sin because there was no law. And that's what law is. That's why for us, driving a truck right now wouldn't be defined as sin because there's no law that says driving a truck is sin. But if that law came in effect, then we would stop driving trucks because now it is sin. You see how the law defines sin. It's always been sin. Yeah, yeah. But because there was no law, we did not know that that was wrong. Nevertheless, the absence of the law did not mean that sin was absent. In fact, it was in the world just as much as ever. So bad, in fact, that the Lord was forced to drown the entirety of mankind during the flood with the exception of Noah and his family. So that goes exactly what you Well, they'd just be killing everybody, each other. Maybe they were. We don't know because we're only given a little bit. It says that every man did what was right in his own eyes. But yet, sin was so bad, even though it wasn't exposed and defined and imputed to them, it was so bad that... God had to flood the earth. And everyone died except Noah and his family. Everybody following? It is. No guideline to go by. Yeah, there was no, exactly. There was no guideline really to go by whatsoever. It was just... Do whatever you, if we if we had that right now, you just did whatever you thought was right. Kind of hard for us to because we're born under law. We have law, so it's kind of hard for us to be like, like how is that even possible? But it was, and it happened. But yet, it didn't mean that sin wasn't there because they were born with the sin nature. So imagine a sin nature in each person living, totally in operation, and no law to show that hey, that's wrong. In a sense, there's no emergency break to stop someone from killing someone. That's really all the law ended up being. I mean, they just don't, just don't kill. It's like an emergency break. Man, I hate that sucker, but I ain't gonna kill him. <laughs> I hate that fool, and I hope a Mack truck hits him, but I will not be driving that Mack truck. <laughs> I will not kill him because that is sin. But just hate. That, but that's why when Jesus came, he really showed up. Uh, you've, you've heard, thou shalt not kill.
But I say that if you hate your brother, then you're guilty of murder in your heart. That's why it's foolish, it's foolish to say that well, grace is easy. No, grace demands more of you than law will ever demand. Law is just simply an emergency break. Okay, let's try it. We can, I know we can get Okay, Dad, the next part. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Simply means that those living between Adam and Moses had no sins charged to their account by reason of the... <clears throat> non-existence of the written law. However, that in no way meant that they were not sinners and as well would reap the results of their sin. It, is, it, it just meant that God did not reckon to their account each individual's sin. I'm going to show you that in Revelation 20, verse 12. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, just to show you that God is a really good accountant. In heaven. Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So, because the law wasn't there, in heaven, the, the individual sins of each person was not written in that book. It couldn't be accounted to them because there was no law. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Same idea that if all the people that are driving trucks right now, because there's no law that says driving truck is illegal, that when the law was passed and you stop driving that truck, this... The, the fact that you drove the truck for all those years before wouldn't be credited to your account because it wasn't a law. So all their sins weren't accredited? Their individual sins. They were still born sinners. So they, they were guilty before God and worthy of death on the simple fact that they were born sinners, which is why the flood, they were, the flood, he was, God is still just in flooding the earth because they were born guilty. But the, each, the individual sins of each person was not accredited to their account because there was no law. Without law, sin cannot be imputed or accredited to your account. So did all those people go to heaven? No. No, because they were born sinners. They, they were born in sin already. They were already guilty enough to worthy death, to be worthy of death. But that each individual sin wasn't credited to their account. That's right. It wasn't like, a, like an, an accountant book that write, you know, an accountant writes down fine, you know, all that stuff. There was not, it wouldn't have been written down, but yet it didn't mean that they weren't worthy of death because when we're born, we're born sinners because of Adam. We're already born guilty. Does that, does that make sense? Everybody, everybody kind of following me? Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm mm -hmm. my mind. 
In other words, there was no guideline. There was no guideline. To show whether I sin now or, or 30 minutes from now. Yeah, what there was, was sin? No guideline. There was no guideline. Exactly. Just blank. Right. It would be like. But I was born with a sin nature. Right. You were already I was born. Worthy of death. Worthy of death. Because we're born sinners. <clears throat> but they still had to have faith in the coming redeemer, right? None of them did except. No. Noah. Noah. Scripture says that Noah. It, it says that what? Noah found what? Grace. In the eyes of the Lord. It didn't. It did not say. What it does not say is that Noah was more righteous than all the other. Right. It doesn't say that. It says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Which, based off of the rest of Scripture, meant that Noah believed God. Right. This woman say that God works in uh, what we call dispensations. Because at that time, they being saved meant believing everything that they knew about God and about, you know what I mean? Because they didn't have a Bible, they had verbal records, but they didn't have a, a lot of things. But they still, as long if they believed as much as they knew, then God counted that to them for righteousness. Right. No, there was no sacrificial system in place. There was only they would have only had the verbal passing down of basically what the one. In the garden. Yeah, what happened in the garden? Adam and Eve would have passed that down. Were you about to say something? I was, but I was going to follow up on what she said. Are, are you kind of thinking about the Cain and Abel incident? Yeah, yeah. That's what she's talking about. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't the whole sacrificial system. It was just one. They would have just had the one. Still mm -hmm. It appears that they had some instruction and some knowledge. But this, you know, what we're talking about here, better understand this. We've gone along up until chapter 5 here and verse by verse. And when you do that, of course take some time to do that, but sometimes we can forget about where we've already been. You remember back in chapter 1, yeah. a lot of this was addressed in concerning sin that yeah. that man, no matter what, has no excuse. Because, yes. right, mm -hmm. they, it wasn't that all oh, those poor things before the law, they, they, they just didn't even have a chance. That's not true. That's not, that's not the case. Uh, they were not without excuse uh, uh, because they, they had opportunity to know. They had the same opportunity to believe God like Noah. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, it may not be the same kind of revelation that we have the privilege of having right now in Christ right. and see, but they still had... Uh, yeah, they still would have well, been without uh, He brought up Cain and Abel earlier, which is a great look at that. True. Cain and Abel both had the same revelation, basically. If you bring and offer a lamb, I'll accept you. Yeah. If you offer a lamb up for sacrifice, I'll accept you. Cain offered up the works of his own hands instead of a lamb. 
Abel offered up the lamb because that's what God, and that's what they were instructed to do. <coughs> Cain was rejected. Abel was accepted. But both men born with the sin nature. Both men just as guilty before God. But Abel was accepted because of the sacrifice that he offered up. So then, did the sacrifice cease after that until... They... No, I don't think it would have ceased. They only they only passed it down verbally. So, there's not really any evidence, per se, that, that it was, you know, practiced by one people. But it would have been verbally passed down. No one, when he stepped off the ark... Noah offered it. So, Noah would have received the verbal passing down, and then Noah would have believed that and, and he would have been obedient to that. But it wasn't that. It wasn't that Noah was righteous and everybody else is unrighteous. Noah had a sin nature just like everyone else. And if you don't think that, then just look at exactly what he did oh, yeah, shortly yeah. after he got off the ark. It appears that there was uh, a remnant that would have passed, like you said, passed down verbally over time. The difference is it is Israel, God established a sacrificial system for them as a nation. It wasn't just an individual line that was passed down. But God throughout time had always preserved a remnant. That's why even in the story of Noah, even though it's a story of destruction, it's, it's really, if you really understand the, the purpose of Scripture, it's not story about just judgment, it's a story about grace. And that God preserved man through Noah to continue on to really to get to Christ. You know, so. Uh, does everybody, are we all? Okay, uh, verse 14, Dad. Nevertheless, death reigning from Adam to Moses. Proclaims the fact that even though individuals were not reckoned to the account of each person due to the fact of the law not being given, not yet being given. Still, each person ultimately died, which proved the fact of their sin. Because without sin, no death. Their death came by reason of Adam's sin and that they sinned in him, their federal head. So, which we pretty much just talked about. Uh, that even over them who had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Has reference to the fact that death did not come to these people by personal sin, as it did in the case of Adam. So Adam received death as a penalty, basically, for his personal sin, his personal disobedience to God. Death for all of those people in the flood didn't come from their personal disobedience to God per se as much as it did because sin in Adam. Sin nature. They were born sinners and guilty already. They were still just as guilty even though they did not commit the same transgression Adam did. Their guilt was in his transgression as is the guilt of all. When we're born, we're born guilty in Adam's transgression. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> yeah, really. The subject is sin and its reproductive energy. 
One command was given to Adam, and he disobeyed it. He only had one command, and he disobeyed it. Many commands were given to Moses, and they were all disobeyed. So the trespass abounded. You kind of see the idea now? Adam had one, one rule. And he disobeyed the one. And think about this. When he disobeyed it, he didn't have a sin nature. That's true. He dis his disobedience was by choice. Adam became a sinner by choice. So because of Adam's choice, we all became sinners, not by choice, but by nature. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> so when the law comes in, the law of Moses, Adam failed with one command. The law of Moses has many commands. And they're all broken. Which shows that the trespass, sin abounded. A lot more sin. A lot, a lot more command. A lot more law. A lot more sin. The principle of evil which caused one trespass in Adam caused countless trespasses under law and so manifested sin's abounding fertility. That's why you're guaranteed to sin. Because you have the sin nature. Who is the figure of him who was to come? This speaks of Christ. It is used in a doctrinal sense of a type. A person or thing prefiguring a future person or thing. In this sense, Adam is called a type of Jesus Christ. Each of the two having exercised a preeminent influence upon the human race. The former, which is Adam, destructive. The latter, Christ, saving. This is added so as to bring around the thought to the main subject of the chapter, the reconciliation of all mankind through Christ, to which the scriptural account of the condemnation of all mankind through Adam is given here. Adam is used as an analogy. So Paul's, Paul is showing that reconciliation for the human race is found in Christ, but he has to first also show that condemnation for the human race came also through one man, Adam. So you see how it brings it all together. Most of the time, when you when you study and, and, and you study something expository, most of the time, whatever question arises in your brain because of something that you just read. Most of the time, the writer is going to answer it a little bit later on. So, see, there's a lot of we get a lot of questions about. Well, man, we talk about Adam, and then now, oh, okay, so he's using the subject of Adam and showing Adam and Adam's effect on the entire mankind to show that in the one man, destruction came to the human race, but all. In one man, Christ, yes. 
You see how you see how it comes all together. That's the best thing about it. I love expository uh, teaching. Not to mention, it's really hard to take it out of context because you're you're literally learning the scripture. It's it's not it's not a subject that you just okay. I'm going to look at a subject and then I'm going to I can take a passage of scripture and wrap it around the subject that I want. That's not right. The passage of scripture says what it says. Let the passage of scripture preach and teach to you. Then you stay in context. I learned that in Bible college, but I learned that before Bible college from our pastor. Okay, the who refers to Adam. And then it says, he that was to come, that refers to Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 45, describes Christ as the last Adam. Adam was a type of Christ in that both represented entire humanity. Adam as the representative and author of the fallen, and Christ as the representative and author of the restored humanity. The transgression of the one and the obedience of the other alike affecting all. Hmm. 